It's Wednesday, November 27th, and this is Rev Thoughts, snackable conversations between Tim Thompson and myself, Joel Pilger. Our topic today is experts travel. So, Joel, I got, we got some interesting feedback from one of your alumni. Right, um, one of my Jumpstart alumni. <laughs> yeah. And um, the feedback basically is uh, showing appreciation that we encourage what we like to say experts travel. And it seems like it's a real game changer for him. Going out there, putting himself out there, making it happen. And even the feedback he got from clients and being face-to-face and post always kind of just doing outreach over the over email or a phone call. Yeah, and I have to give credit to David C. Baker for that phrase. Because he oh, years ago, he mentioned, you know, people say experts travel, and I tend to agree with them. That, 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 that concept... Um, I find probably the most underutilized concept in modern times because there's this myth called well, you can work from anywhere these days. And what yeah. I what I what I teach these owners in Jumpstart is yeah, you can work from anywhere these days, but you can't meet new clients anywhere. Like you have to go to them, go to those major markets and meet those people. Um so that's that's part of the part of the thought there. But his feedback, of course, was really encouraging because once he pushed away from his screens and went out there, went from traveled all the way from Argentina to to New York and Toronto and some other major markets, uh, I think he came back and just said, "Wow, this was such a game changer." Well, I think it's isn't it so interesting because it's obvious, right, that when you're face to face with somebody, the conversation is so different than when you're. When you're scheduling a half hour or one hour phone call or you start an email conversation, it's just never the same as face to face. But I feel like we're always trying to convince people that this is a good idea when it should be, you know, obvious for everybody and they'd want to go do it. Yeah, and I would love I would love for everyone to recognize and have a bias towards personal and human interactions. And, and here's another way I, I like to, to, to put it. When you think of your average client's inbox, so in this case, say a buyer at a TV network that hires a motion design studios and so forth to do their latest promos and things like that, their inbox at any one time might have 30 or 40 solicitations. Check out our new reel. You know, we're, we just won an award. Here's yeah. the latest project we did, right? And then there's one email in that long, long list that says, I'm going to be at your office a week from Thursday. And there's only one email that stands out in that list. And it's just a totally different category when you say, I'm coming to talk to you. And as much as I, I mean, I talk about this so many times until I'm blue in the face. And I know, right? <laughs> there's like a, there's a category of owners that will sit there and they'll look at me and, and say, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. That makes total sense. Of course, that's a game changer. And then they'll, they just won't do it. And I it's like, what the, what the, is what the hesitation it, is. I, I mean, I think part of it, I think part of it is this part of it is yeah, but if I if I do that, Joel, if I take that advice about experts travel, then I'll really have to show up. Like all the excuses are over. <laughs> I, I can't sort of hide behind this cool so sizzle true. that we edited, right? 
Like I really yeah. have to show up. I really have to connect with this person. I really have to listen. I really have to solve their problems. I really have to create amazing value. And, you know, to the people that, that might hear that and kind of shy away, I would just offer this, this question of, well, if, if you don't want to be great, then, 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 then why are you here? What, what is it that you are hoping to do with the rest of your life anyways? Because if you don't want to be great, then just go do something else. You know, like the industry doesn't need uh, need that. They need people who are truly engaged and really willing to show up and do whatever it takes to create incredible value and recognize opportunities and so forth. And yeah, I think I once people break, like it, break oh, out of it, they get it, right? Once you do yeah. it, you, like, like, like in this feedback we got, Martin showed up and said, wow. What a game changer. But it took a minute for him to break out of it, that, that old pattern of, I'm just going to send an email. Well, yeah, there's definitely like, I, I guess like that first boost of confidence. But I also feel, you know, that, that perpetual lie that seems to be passed around our industry, that it's the work that matters or only the work that matters. So if I do good work, it's going to inspire somebody to hire me because they like the last project we did. Um, and just like your explanation of email and all the requests that are in there, you know, how often people are posting work, their work on Instagram and, and sharing it on LinkedIn, or even the number of award shows that exist out there that people, the best work, when it's be recognized, falls into an ocean of other um, media and material out there. And, it, and really, even if you do good work, you still have to find the right market of someone to look at it. It has to be still to be relevant to the person viewing it. Otherwise, like they can, yeah, it's great work, but I don't know what to do with that color shading process bubble figure you made on Instagram. Um, yeah. And I think that when you're in the in the face-to-face, you're you're forcing a conversation, like a real dialogue between the two people sitting there, instead of just assuming the same dialogue, like look at my reel as if yeah. that's what you really wanted. Yeah. I, I don't know where that, that's one of my other favorite myths, right? About it's all about the work. And I think that one is somewhat perpetuated by when we're kids, we're taught to do well at math and to do well at science. And then if we get good grades, which is AK, you know, also known as do good work and the rest will come. And then when we get to college and we study design or we study animation, and it's like, oh, if you just create really cool stuff, you will be like Buck. <laughs> you know, or you, yeah. and, and the reason Buck gets great projects is because they do such beautiful work. And that's actually not really true. It's, it's partially true. But nowadays, great work is just table stakes. And what people yeah. never see on a website of these great studios that do all this great work, what you don't see there is behind the scenes there's an owner, there's an EP, there's somebody that is forging really incredible relationships that are more than likely in person. They are very human relationships that lead to that work. And that creates the opportunity of producing great work, but it's not, you don't get the next job simply because you have a great portfolio. And, and I know that's hard because as a creative person, we just don't want that to be true. And it's, it's almost painful. Yeah, let me give you an example where that recently I was invited into a conversation of a production company who's um, was asked to develop content, you know, uh, possibly a TV show or a documentary or whatever 
whatever is the right strategy. And they needed just some help writing the content strategy for the for the conversation. And it was so interesting because when I my perception from the production company who invited me was I was going into a predetermined offering. Like these guys want a documentary TV show. Can you meet it with us and help us define it? In reality, when I when I sat in the conversation, um, a, a documentary would work or a TV show would work, but what they really wanted to do is get a message out there. Mm, and I see. once you get to the other side of that message, you're like, wow, I can do this. You could do this in so many different ways at, at low budgets and high budgets, or the way the strategy built out it was, we ended up with four different content uh, channels to push it through. Uh, a broadcast, film, short form, and even marketing material because they didn't have anybody promoting their brand out there but it took the dialogue and discovery. And if I was just a production company that made documentaries, I'd only be looking for the one channel and not really meeting the client's needs. And then you're mm -hmm. leaving the client to figure out what their needs are. When, when you probably already know the answer, why can't you just help the client solve their problem and then make <laughs> the content or make the piece or make the design that fits their need instead of assuming it and trying to sell just your service? Well, now you're talking about how many how many studios do we know in production companies that they're always saying, gosh, I wish we could get further up the food chain or I wish we, I wish we could be invited earlier into the conversation so that we could really do great, great work and maybe make the case for why we need a bigger budget to do that. And I'm remembered of some, remember something that uh, Robert at Creative Mammals, I remember he said this in, uh, I think it was in Confab, when he was saying, you know, don't, don't do the project, solve the problem. Yes. Which I thought, God, that's really great. Because mm -hmm. I, what, the way I put it is rather than thinking in terms of, oh, we have clients with projects, think in terms of we have accounts with challenges, with problems. <clears throat> so when you start thinking yeah. that way, Right. But this requires a conversation that's personal and it's human because like you discovered in your example, when you show up and you have a conversation with somebody in person and they say, yeah, we need to do a 30 second spot. You, you have the, I don't know, the, the permission to say, is that really what you need? Let me, tell me more about yeah. your problem and let's have a conversation and really solve your problem, not just execute this project. And sometimes it means, well, let's walk down the hall and talk to the CMO real quick. And wow, now you're having a really interesting conversation that where you're yeah. being engaged in a completely different way. Um, it's more, totally more, like, more like an agency than just a service provider. It's, it's the absolute idea of like moving up the, the value pyramid into strategy. And if you walk in with the formula, right, the needs plus resources equals solutions formula, the, the the need might need uh, the need might be they need your service they need that exact service you have a certain technology you have a certain um, uh, execution style and it's perfect it's great your real wood totally meets that opportunity and that need but um, you know going back to the scheduling and doing face to face meetings with clients without a project attached might open up new opportunities and a new dialogue and a new way of exploring um, your capabilities and engagement. And uh, I think that's why it's the game changer for most most uh, business owners when they start that as a strategy is they are going on a listening tour. 
You're going yeah. into the conversation to find out what your client needs, not to pitch them like you're like you become accustomed to. They call you, you pitch them. Um, this is a totally what's different old, opportunity. What's the old saying about if you are if you sell a hammer or if you're a hammer, it's amazing how every problem looks like a nail. You yeah, know, exactly. I don't, I, I don't remember yeah. the source of that one. But it's it's that's it's that idea that if you're not having a, a true human connection and connecting with somebody on a deeper level, you're gonna inevitably fall into the trap of, well, I've got a hammer, so tell me about all the all of your nails and I'll I'll come, you know, fix one of those for you. And that's just doesn't doesn't really go very far. But you you said an interesting word a minute ago when you talked about confidence. Because yeah. I think there's some, it's something maybe that's a, maybe a small word that we passed over, but it's worth, it's worth highlighting because like when I start taking a new group of owners through jumpstart in that very first intro, I tell them, look, we're going to cover a lot of stuff. And of course the experts travel thing is one of the modules and so forth. But what I actually tell them in the very beginning is if there's one thing I can give you as you go through this experience, is confidence because it was something that I was taught. And that, and that was Joel, the only thing you have to sell at the end of the day is confidence. And I thought that was nuts. I thought, no, I sell, you know, when I was running my studio, I sell animation and visual effects and branding or whatever. And I realized, no, no, he's right. That those conversations and getting in front of people and really listening and developing solutions, it does take a tremendous amount of confidence. Yes. And I remember vividly, vividly the first time I went to New York on a sales trip to go meet with TV networks. And I was scared. I felt like an idiot. I thought, who am I? I don't, I can't compete with these amazing shops that are here. And the long and short of that experience was I took a bunch of meetings once I got in touch with my confidence and wow, people were excited to connect with me. And a week later we were pitching on a giant project for Sundance channel, which we won, even though we were three <laughs> weeks late to the, to the three, three weeks late to the pitch process. Yeah, um, of course. So you can just imagine the boost of confidence I got there was okay. I'm, I, I, if I can find this inner confidence and go into these meetings, really confident of who I am, what, I have a true human connection, get to the problems and then come back and offer these solutions and then to be dignified with this big project from this major TV network and so forth. Uh, it was obviously very exciting. So then I started learning, okay, now how do I protect my confidence? Yeah. So every time I walk <laughs> into my next meeting, how do I, what do I draw upon so that I can go in there uh, and not get hung up on the details or the things I'm supposed to say or the script I'm supposed to repeat, but instead right. come from a place of confidence. That's I, those are um, I like to say you know you're in search of the question. That's mm -hmm. um, instead of trying to find the answer. Um, and I think that that understanding of protecting that confidence is understanding how conversation works. And I like that saying that um, you know if you can't solve a problem, you're probably you're probably playing by the rules. Um, as the idea of your, if you're always looking for something that perfectly fits within the parameters you created or the rules in your head, um, you're probably not really solving any actual problems. But if you go into it, just seeking out the rule, 
like what is the new order? What is the new way of doing it? Or what is the opportunity here? And not be, not have a preconception and you can stand up in that room with that confidence, then it's a real conversation and dialogue. And all business owners need to know that they are experts. They know what they do. They know their story. They know why they do it. They know their purpose. They know the discoveries. They should have confidence in all of that process when they go into any conversation. The same way as if they have a project and assigned to them, they'll come up with an answer for a pitch. That same confidence happens inside of a normal dialogue looking for opportunities with the client. Well, this is the... Do you remember being in front of the, the, the creative entrepreneurs group at Promax and we told the story <laughs> of there's there's always something in the box. It's amazing how you don't really have to have the answers, but if you can go into a situation and you you're you can find the right questions and you're a creative person and you have confidence, the answers are gonna come. And that's really a surprising discovery to a lot of people is oh, you mean I don't, I don't have to have the answers? It's like no, because the answers just come from experience. I'm thinking of the old Paul Arden quote where he says experience is the opposite of being creative. Meaning if you're just doing what always worked because quote, that's experience, then <laughs> yes. that's, you're not actually being creative. That's not actually innovating. And so yeah. it's more important to, to be asking the, the right questions and then seeing where it leads you to hopefully discover new answers. Yeah, it's totally right. I, I, um, I just love the opportunities to kind of create and inspire people to know what, that they have confidence. One of the rules I've made up is the muse always shows up, right? That's one of the rules I have so that you can walk into a conversation with confidence, walk into a project and say, yes, there might be some technical stuff you have to figure out. And there might be some delivery parameters and budget parameters that are necessary for the project, but the idea it's there. It always shows up. So that kind of confidence that you're in the right place at the right time, doing the right work. Now you just have to find out what that job is and go get it. Um, that's what that's what we want people to do in every form. But I love the face-to-face -face meeting. Nothing beats it. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how when you get into those rooms, all that expertise that you think you don't have and knowledge that you don't realize that you have, it all starts to come out. And those clients are just amazed and they're, they're dazzled. And you and I see this happen all the time. If you can get the creative entrepreneur into the room, the magic happens. The client gets inspired. The, the owner has the brilliant idea. The, the EP says, I think I can see a path to how we're going to put this whole thing together and execute this. And everyone walks out just saying, God, what a great, what a great meeting. We're so excited to work with you. And it was never about, well, because they had the strongest portfolio, <laughs> right? right. It's, it's no, we came up with an answer in real time and they, they listened and they understand us and we came up with a new approach and gosh, this is going to be exciting. And we see that happen over and over and over again. So yeah, that's our encouragement to give, give those entrepreneurs the, the permission to get out there and get outside your box and get in front of people. Yeah, you're, you are good and you're important and you're capable. So go do it. I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, 
and it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com slash community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.